Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scratch the Track podcast presented by the Dune Grim Show and co-produced by Mr. I-V-E-S-T. I am the Dune. And I am Grim, and today we are going to take a deep dive into this little gem right here, Mr. Bungles, California, and we are going to talk in depth about the song Pink Cigarette. Cigarette. Yes. Now, we don't endorse smoking here, causes cancer, but... This song is kind of amazing. So, dude, you know, it is. I, I mean, it's it was. Oh, yeah. He's got the candies. Lucky strikes. Light it up, dude. All right. Um, yeah, I, I, this was one that always got to me early on um, because of the sound. I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. not that I didn't like the composition, because I think and, and actually once I looked into the composition a little more in terms of the chords and everything else. Um, that was rather impressive as well. But initially, it it's just that sound. Yeah, you know. Yeah it it has a dark, haunting sound. And when you when when you're comparing it to the rest of the songs on the album, this is one that it it might not stand out at first because when you're talking about ours, Morendi and they all um, go so many different places, right? Air conditioned nightmare. And this yeah. one, this one kind of stays on the same track, yes. but man, like it is one. Um, there's some very cool things, you know, we're going to do sort of a breakdown of the lyrical content, uh, instrumentation and the production of it. And when you actually start really kind of getting into it and, and I guess, you know, looking a little deeper, then, you know, some some things stand out a little more. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe I sort of glossed over a little bit, you know. But again, this is one of our favorite albums. And uh, I think one of the best songs on the album and one of the most accessible. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. So now, if you're not, this, if you're not a Mr. Bungle fan, this one shouldn't turn you off right away. And if this one does turn you off, then they might not be for you. I didn't look if this one starts or ends the side. Um, do you know offhand? I and I don't offhand. Yeah, it would. Um, I'm gonna look real quick. It would. I mean, honestly, based on the way the songs end, the song ends. No, it doesn't. It starts the second side. But okay. my, I guess my only comment there was, it would be such a great song to end a side based on the way that oh. the song ends. Yeah, um, actually, and yeah, we won't absolutely. necessarily spoil that right now. But the ending is pretty amazing. So. I guess with that pink cigarette, we kind of go into the lyrics. Yeah, I mean, overall, the you know, you you, you kind of get right away that this is sort of about a relationship, a broken relationship between a man and a woman. Um, and the way I always took it is that, you know, it seems like she kind of had been uh, maybe walking all over him. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. And then know, just and, up and left. Yeah, pretty much. And it sounds like, though, um, as we'll get deeper into the lyrics, it sounds like she'll leave at times and she'll come back. She'll leave and come back, perhaps. Um, But the main lyric that stood out to me that was just kind of like the abusive lyric sort of is like all these years I've been your ashtray. Yeah, (laughs) that's yeah. And that's and that's such a great a great way to say it, especially just having a song, you know, Pink Cigarette. Um, I just think that's that's a really really cool. Yeah, because cool it's just like to... the lipstick on the on the mouth end of it, right? Exactly. I mean, that's yeah. <clears throat> and you know, he's. It, it seems like I took it as him sort of being too weak and almost too shameful to really maybe fully stand up for himself or just leave. 
because yeah. he's like, yeah, you know, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the smoke hides the shame I've got in my face. That, that's the, the lyric I wanted to met, uh, mention when you, you said the word shameful, because, yeah, the word shame is in the song. And that's that's right. kind of a, a telling thing. Right. And now we have then, you know, I found a pink cigarette on, you know, on the bed the day that you left. Um, <laughs> sort of there's a couple things that I sort of read into that. I mean, obviously, it's. You know, she's got lipstick and she's leaving and she's smoking and she's going out. But I also kind of looked at it as she's getting done up and she's. Oh, like yeah, sure. Dressed to the nines. She put her lipstick on and it's just kind of like, hey, it's, 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 it's 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 bold. And it's yep. kind of like, you know, uh, you know, there is a lyric in here uh, about, you know, uh, the cigarette, I think, on the bed and. You know, I could almost see her just, you know, getting in a fight or something like that. And she's done smoking and she just throws yep. it, right? See you later. Like, yeah. Yep. You put um, this out. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but, it, it, you know, there, there is one thing, though, that that did um, that made it seem like there was a struggle. I think he probably looked at it as, you know, she had the power and he was too weak. But it sounded like he want you know, he wants something and wants something more for, from her. Like he's not getting enough. Oh yeah. And like definitely a, a kind of an unrequited love scenario. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And he even says, you know, your eyes cried at last told me everything I was afraid to ask. Yeah. So, um, you know, it seems like there, there was some on her, uh, on her end where, you know, she, she was emotional and she did get into it and it was difficult for her too. Um, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't able to kind of like ask the tough questions and try to get down to, to what the root cause of the issues were. So, yeah, sure. Um, you know, and I think, you know, your kiss goes everywhere, touches everything but me, meaning that he probably sees it as she's giving out to the, all of these other people and the rest of the world, maybe not in a romantic or sexual manner, but someone who's married to their job or their profession. Yeah, or, sure. You know, those types of or elements, is like a so. star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star. right. And and that's where I think and and now I mean I, I'm not gonna totally touch on it, but the end of the song I mean culminates with this person committing suicide, and yeah. uh, not to get into too much of the production early on, but I think the presence of the EKG machine. Oh, hearing the heart rate as it goes faster and faster and just flat lines at the end yeah. is I, I mean, I, I'm always I've always been a sucker for real sounds and music like word painting. And if that yeah. isn't word painting, I, I don't know what is. Oh, it's it, such it, a such a great example of it. And it's that sound. It's almost like you could have made an EKG sound on a synth. You could have made something like an EKG sound on a synth, but actually sampling the machine itself, which I, I have to believe they did based on how it sounds. It's, I mean, it sounds very good. It's so yeah. sharp and it's so piercing. It, it just is. like when that flat line comes up, I mean, it, you know, yep. like, well, call out the time, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. absolutely. Time. Um, well, in, in the way I kind of take the end of this song, too, is I think he probably felt that he couldn't reach her. Oh, and, sure. Yeah. And and so this was his way. He's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to do this. And maybe not like I'm going to win, but I'm going to make her feel something. Yeah, and yeah. She, and he, she's going to she's going to know that, you know, I 
you know, I did this and, you know, sort of, you know, unfortunately yeah. did it because of her, but it's, yeah, you'll find, an, you know, you'll find a note and you'll, you'll, see, you'll my see my silhouette. My, my silhouette. Yeah. Um, and then he go does sort of the countdown. Yeah. You know, and, and I like five the way hours they do that. until you find me dead. And so that's what made me think actually when, you know, there's just five hours, there's just four hours. He has an inclination that she's coming back. And so that's why. Oh, and a that part like, me, yeah, that she's going to find him. This has happened before. Right. And he's like, you know what? This is the last straw. Right. This and ain't I'm out. the last time. This ain't the last time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love the whispers. Now, I guess before we get to talking about too much of the vocals, um, and I guess this will lead into the vocals, uh, how yeah. the vocals sound, because this is kind of the nature of the song. But in terms of how it sounds, I feel like this song is in many ways done in kind of a soul style. The way that they play the guitars, the sound of the guitars, everything's drenched in reverb. And to be more specific, spring reverb. And now I didn't... I didn't turn on my amp and get a really high spring reverb setting because you can just listen to the song and <laughs> I'm not going to be able to to quite capture it in the context of this podcast quite as well. Um, but but it's it's very much there and some of the devices they use in terms of harmony and and melody I think are there too. And his his vocal like the, the style of his vocal is almost like crooned. Yeah. You, you yeah. know what I mean? It's it's very different from the rest of the album. It's it's specific. Um absolutely. Everything absolutely. has a lot of space behind it. Uh it's it, it just it has the right sound. And even in the beginning when you hear those good cars go I mean you can hear the spring reverb in everything. You know, it, it's just it's really evident. And I think when you look at the, um, unfortunately, the the credits for the album are not terribly detailed in terms of who's adding what in what particular in which particular song. Um, yeah. One thing that stood out to me is that somebody, um, I think it's Bill Banovitz, is credited with playing the English horn, and I think the English horn is that. Da, 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 da. You know, I, okay. I I think that 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 is that sound because I can't think of anywhere else in the where album else it would fit that that yeah. would have been. Yeah, um, you know, it, I think one thing is is that you know with this album, um, you know, there are a lot of you know, un, unique songs. Like there's there's not another song like this. There's not mm. another song like Vanity Fair or. Goodbye, Sober Day or Sweet Charity, you know, Air Conditioned, you know, they're they're all so unique. But kind of like what you're talking about, how he sings this one, um, you can tell that there's there's this deep passion and deep emotion. Yeah. There. Um, now, and, it's funny you say that because with Vanity Fair. Yeah, I think this is more like Vanity Fair in terms of how it's presented than anything else. Sure, Although I yeah. wouldn't say that they're alike. No, this, yeah. the, but but there is some similarity in the presentation of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I just think with, you know, I, I don't know if we want to get into sort of the, the vocal sound, but, you know, this this song, the unique characteristic, it's to me, it's the most real, I, I think, song on the album, like as far as 
just the deepness and the emotion and and it doesn't sound in a way it doesn't sound as overproduced and no and that's not a criticism this is one of my favorite albums ever so like yeah it it is overproduced but it's done that way because playing live and in the studio are two different art forms and they took the studio art form to the next level with this album overall but to me this is the one that would probably translate better than anything live yeah, I, I would say this one. I've seen it. I know there is, you, you know, yeah. live videos. I, I, I forget. I, I don't know. It's like Riot Fest or whatever the festival is, but they they play this one. I think they play Air Conditioned Nightmare. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I they think Ars Morandi. I think they play a good Ars chunk Mirandi of it. Too. Now, yeah. now that you brought up the video, I kind of want to talk about the video because there is a video out there for the song, and I didn't realize it until I read the comments, but. As far as I understand, Mr. Bungle did not make the video for this song. That is a fan-made video. Which, dude, they put some time into it. Like, it wasn't done with just, like, a handy cam. No. You can tell it's quality camera, and they they really, they they put some time and energy into it. So it's pretty cool. And one thing I like about it is, to me, it kind of, it takes a slightly different path than you might have thought with the lyrics, but it still works because... It's like from the lens of somebody who's obsessed with this other person and they don't even know that they exist. And the thing that I think is interesting is they get into this bit at the end and he's like kind of holding her down in in a violent manner. Trying to put the lipstick on. Yeah, but but in in his mind, they're like dancing. Yeah, and that's what's so like it's it's really kind of sick, but but well done in, in 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 that same sense, you know. Yeah. So if you did the video out there or know somebody, Great job. Did, tell them really good job. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and we should also say that, hey, you know, you know, this is, again, one of our favorite songs. There's not a ton of information out there. So if you guys have information oh. on this on this song, instruments, who plays certain parts and everything, definitely let us know, because this is a collaborative community. We yeah. Have please go ahead and like, subscribe and comment below. Tell us Do that below. too. Yeah. So. So I, I think this might be good to get into sort of like the vocals and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I I think is really cool is there again, we were almost talking about how this song is sort of underproduced, but the more you listen to it, I'm oh, like, it's there are yeah. There are so many layers to this. I mean, even from a vocal standpoint, you know, you have the whispering, you have sort of the doubling of the the whisper vocals right kind of in the background you have in the um, background the, vocals when he said just five more hours and yeah it's yeah it's really thick there there are definitely you know layers there and then you have when, when he kind of sings um you know i found a pink cigarette on the bed the day that you left um that's really just kind of him solo he's not doubled there it's not ghostly he's singing it yeah. um he's singing it pretty boldly right um, so I, I just thought it was cool. Some of the things that they did and some of the harmonies and everything they have have going on in it. Now, when you compare it to, again, some of the other songs, you know, at first, maybe the production doesn't stand out to you. But the the more I listen to it with the, like a, a fine ear, I'll tell you what, like there's some stuff. There's there's a lot of stuff going on. Oh, it's yeah, it's great. And I think I don't want to get too into like breaking down the chords. I, I guess I was kind of surprised to look it up uh, in more detail. Um, But I was more interested in some of the devices that they use because one thing when we were talking offline about it, you said 
there isn't a whole lot of guitar in this song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there is and there isn't, but they do it in the way of kind of like that old soul style where in the beginning they're kind of doing, you know, they're doing those arpeggios in B. You know, yeah, yeah, and and everything they do with the guitar, I think, is very, very subtle. But I think the most notable device that they use is when he gets into the end and they start doing the countdown. And he talks about, um, and you'll see my silhouette. And then you go to the minor. Yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. It, it just yeah. everything about there. There's something about, and that's that's something that you'll hear. I could play you a number of a lot of songs that kind of start on that on that minor chord, and then they go up to the four, and then go to the minor right. four, and then that to me is the part that really musically hooks me more than anything. Sure, I think the rest sure. of the song is incredibly well done in the way it's written, um, but the way that that hits really has always got me going to the minor four yeah i mean and there is yeah that's it yeah there there is again very minimal guitar but even when it's there i feel like they do a very good job almost of kind of masking it yeah Um, well in a lot of it's um you know a lot of yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. a lot of those little just just hits, um, yeah. which is nice because I think that the other instruments kind of take the place of setting the harmony and and making it thick, and that's where I think the English horn comes in there with that. You know, it, it's it, that that kind of it, it, the way that everything the instruments are all arranged is very interesting, and that's so interesting. Okay, maybe that was an English horn that because I I had in my notes I thought like I heard an oboe or something and something like that. Um, so I, maybe I was maybe that's on, the English horn actually. Yeah, based on what I see credited, I see that as being the most likely, um, likely kind of thing, like. You know how you never think to yourself, man, that French horn part and you can't always get what you want is really awesome. But it's there. It's there. You know what I mean? And you're like, I don't know when else a French horn has really been that prominent in rock and roll. But now that I say that, I know there's a Neil Young song where it is, too. Um, I think it's... um, I was sleeping in a burned out oh, basement. Okay. You know, right. I think he's yeah. got one in there too, but it's just one of those instruments that after the gold rush yeah, yeah is, is an uncommon instrument, so to speak in rock and roll. But like in this context, it works really well. It does. Well, and there's just, I, I feel like everything, almost all the instruments in this song are, are very subtle. Um, like, you know, even like there's very little drumming, um, yeah. like, you know, going on and it's very, just everything just feels so sort of sort of gentle um it's yeah i know and that's why i mean i would really like to understand who was the oh someone is credited with french horn that's someone in the band that could have been in there too um but 
it it's the instrumentation is done very deliberate and very subtle and and extremely well because you just you can't imagine how else you would play it right right yeah and you know i think i don't know if we want to sort of transition into sort of the production a little bit at oh this yeah. Point. yeah you know we've we've you know we've kind of touched on it i for for me i guess the way i would say i, I would say the production is very sneaky on this track. Yeah. Uh, and that and that's why it, I think it took me a while to really appreciate it and, and, and understand it. And, you know, we did do an episode on sort of the full breakdown and review of this album. Um, so go ahead and look that up. But, um, right after you know, you I, like, subscribe. Yeah. And, and, and I forget what was how did they record this? Was it I forget I know we had information on like the tape machines and everything that they used. I know things were done, I think, at different studios throughout San Francisco. Um, so that escapes me right now. But I I know both you and I were very, very surprised at I think what they used to record uh this this album. And yeah, and what what they got out of it is just amazing. Yeah, as far as as far as I can see, it was basically they were using a twenty four track tape machine, um, and then they had two ADATs that were linked. That's okay. That's and I right. believe ADATs would give you another eight tracks a piece. Okay. So on top of that, and I think there was a comment that said this record would have been much easier had Pro Tools been widely available. I mean, I I don't know, man, because what what year was this? Did this came out the same year as Californication? Didn't they came out almost the same time? Yeah, and- it came out in '99. But the thing the thing is, is I mean, it was recorded in late '98, and yeah. I just don't know. I mean, yeah, that stuff was out there, but at that point it was almost more prohibitive than using tape because if you were to do something in pro tools and then say, okay, well I want to hear that back with this effect, dude, it could take like an hour for that thing to render. That's a good point. Because the the computers just weren't there yet. And I mean, it's one thing just for the computers to record the tracks, but then the processing power, I think, is where it got a little sure. a little hairy. Yeah. And so yeah. at that point, it was probably easier to use traditional style gear because of that. Yeah. Uh, not to cool. say that that made it easier overall, because this album must have been just a monster to produce. I would love to see yeah. a classic albums on this where they're at the board oh, and, be, and, you know, oh, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Dude. Well, I, I think that's a good thing to ask some, you know, if anybody out there knows like how they took the recording further, like did, did they dump it into pro tools? Cause, um, kind of ironically enough, we are doing an episode on red hot chili peppers, Californication. And when I was reading about that album, um, now red hot chili peppers, you know, well, at the time, you know, who knows what uh, what the perception of them was. But, um, you know, what they did with Rick Rubin is they recorded everything on tape and then dumped it into Pro Tools. Yeah. So I'm so I'm curious, you know, they could have done something like that, like that here, too. Um, you know, they did have Warner Brothers backing them. So I imagine, you know, there was. Uh, definitely some money involved. Um, and one thing you know, I they, like they is it. that the only way this album even got recorded is that Mike Patton basically like hedged his bets on everything that Faith No More had done up to that point. 
Yeah. And basically yeah, and I, like use that as collateral to make this album. Yeah, and I think that's what actually one of our uh one of our commenters said on the California album. Yeah. He was basically like, Yeah, the reason Mr. Bungle was allowed to do a lot of the things they did is they wanted to keep him happy, which which makes sense. You have a talent, you have somebody bringing in money, you know, and selling albums, like you you want to keep your talent happy. And plus I have a feeling Mr. Bungle wasn't like stretching the budget too too thin. You know? No, but it's it's just so crazy because previous Mr. Bungle and Faith No More, in my opinion, can't hold a candle. This can't touch it. Any of the songs. It's it's, it's just it's, this is this is a masterpiece, unlike a lot of things that you will hear. And I don't think it's for everybody, but for those who get it, I mean, it it it'll probably invited. make your top five because it's, yeah and. And I think that's one thing I'd sort of like to know, because in in our review of this album and and some other uh, of Mr. Bungle's work, I find that that more people are gravitating towards like Disco Volante as being their favorite album or the debut over this one. And mm-hmm. and I just I don't for, get for it. For me, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what you know what that is. But this to I me, think I they just, like I've the craziness of like it. it. I, I think yeah. for a lot of that early stuff, it's it's the craziness. It's just that that stuff was out there in a way that other things weren't. I would make the same argument about this, but at the same point, it was it was uh, more coherent and it was a better it was a better work of art as a whole, in my opinion. Yeah, and this I agree. This song is, I think, a good one to if you haven't got into it to get into it. Um, yeah. But it, it, with all that said, doing deep dives is something that we want to keep doing. So in the spirit of California, please let us know below like, subscribe, and what we should below. do next. What song should we do next? Because we were thinking about Goodbye Sober Day. We were thinking about Retro Vertigo. I mean, you know, we'll probably do all of them at some point, but we definitely like to uh, come up with an order. So Yeah, and I like to get into the music part of it, too. But I, I mean... I don't need to play every part of the song for you and break it down into a musical analysis. I just think there's some devices uh, that people use that are interesting to discuss. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that about wraps up pink cigarette deep dive by Mr. Bungle. Thank you for watching everyone. It was a fabulous episode. Fabulous time. We'll see you next time on the dude room show.